T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Home and home. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty mess, all right? Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it. And then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right, he's got smart pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got smart pack! Hey, whoa, whoa, it's Big Poppy. Wicked smart. This is a ghost car. A better way to park. Only available on the all-new Sonata with remote smart parking assist. Sorry about that, your bigness. Did you guys know he lived there? I had no idea. <laughs> Just one of the fantastic Super Bowl ads you will see on Super Bowl Sunday featuring Big Poppy, David Ortiz, Chris Evans, John Krasinski, among others, and that classic Boston accent, one of two ads directed by Brian Buckley, the man some call the king of the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl commercial. He's directed more than 60 of them. He is the expert of all experts on the Super Bowl ads and joins us today on Home and Home. Brian, great to have you on the program. You are a proud mass hole, so I got to hear your Boston accent. I spent six or seven years covering the Sox as well. Give me your best Boston accent, my friend. Well, you know, you got to get to Revere. You know, you get down to Revere Beach and you hang out there with uh, a couple of your buddies and grab a couple of brews. You know, I got to be honest with you. You know, Swampscott right now. I got the the wicked. I just saw they just posted uh, Swampscott showed up uh, in the Super Bowl spot, and they were. Uh, I tell you, they're a little pissed over there, Marblehead. They were a little pissed. My all my relatives are over there, and you know the rival is. Uh, it's real. It's real. We got him. We got Marblehead. So that's it. My, Terrific. My, my uh, <laughs> so yeah. That's good stuff. All right, so Brian, uh, let, we'll get into th- your Super Bowl ads. I'm curious what it was like to work with the guy that you long rooted for in David Ortiz. Well, it's strange. I mean, I go <clears throat> go back, like my roots were Sports Center. You know, I grew out of that, and uh, um, I never worked with uh, I never worked with Ortiz. So when I saw him, I just I said, you know, it was a funny moment. And and face to face, first time I met him, and I said, "Hey, I actually, I think I bowed to him, and I just said, uh, thank you for, I, yeah, I mean, I go, you got, you, you like changed my life, and you you literally changed my life, like you changed the way I I kind of moved forward through my life. You you come, you, you completed me. I was like, it. I could have could have kissed him four in the mouth, but I think that I don't know if that would have played so well. But I I I was." You know, because it's funny, I was literally, I told him, I said, I was shooting a Super Bowl spot the day that you actually, when when they won, you know, I didn't see the moment, you know, when the Yankees, in the Yankee series, I go, I didn't see, because yes. I mean, that yes. was actually the championship game was when they, they beat the Yankees. And so I said, I didn't see it, but I, I, I was shooting the spot, ironically. 
but um here we are and i'm very honored to be with you and and uh yeah and the guy did not disappoint i mean he's 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 a it's just, it was just awesome it was a great moment well, I, I have an affinity for Big Poppy as well. I happen to be covering that uh, series in 2004 as a young sports reporter covering the Sox. So we have we share that affinity for David Ortiz. Uh, you've directed more than 60 Super Bowl commercials. You've worked with a lot of animals. You've worked with a lot of celebrities as well. Who, who in your mind was like the greatest, not, not the biggest name, not the biggest celebrity, but who was the best, the most enjoyable to work with? Well, I mean, I think you got to go with uh, my chimps. You know, I was very sad to see them go. Uh, I had some good years, good runs with the chimps. Several years, they finally, you know, get replaced by digital chimps. And that's what I cut out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, chimps, like, you sit there and go, wow. They give them direction, and they're like, you know, they, they'd come up, and they'd improv, and, and they do these crazy things. You're like, oh, my God. Like, and there was, like, it, it, you know, sadly, you know, I became, you know, like, you know, finally it, it just became where uh, they were just out of vogue, you know, um, but, but that run with chimps is several years. And there are actually certain chimps that I worked with for like, like Lucy, I remember was one of my favorite chimps, you know, a couple of years and then Lucy's not doing it anymore. So, you know, set it off to, she's retired, like chimps retired really young. They try, retired like nine at the age of nine. So they go like seven to nine was their prime years, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> Brian Buckley with us, the king of the Super Bowl. You've drawn ads for Bud Light, for Microsoft, Coca-Cola, GoDaddy, FedEx. Um, now we're talking between 5 and $5.6 million per 30 second. Of course, it always wasn't that way. It was fewer than uh, $50,000 per 30 seconds when this all started. When did Super Bowl ads, in your recollection, really become larger than life, as big as the game, and part of pop culture? 1985. I mean... That was when I was still in school, um, and that was when everyone stood up and took notice. Uh, you know, Apple launched uh, the Mac on that, um, and the, you know, it was just an, a landmark sort of moment. And then, you know, there's been different trends, and along the way, and then the dot com era, and the fall of the dot coms, and then uh, you know, sort of into where we are now, which is sort of somewhat back to the dot com era. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's always been there, you know, I, it, 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 since I've been in the business, it, I wasn't, you know, I was in school and awe going, geez, someday it'd be amazing to, to do something, you know, in on the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's only grown in magnitude. And mm -hmm. I think, um, I think what's happened over the last few years because of the entertainment industry sort of shifting, uh, looking for revenue. Uh, for talent that you can get to actors now where you just have a couple of cameos from musicians and what have you, you know, Britney Spears, what have you a few years ago. Now it's on, it is just star studded. I mean, you're getting massive stars. I mean, look, I mean, that's what we just did. I mean, huge, who are not has, cause there was a whole has been trend, you know, for a while, like, you know, you throw in the, the washed up person and now you're not getting, you're getting like somebody on the way up or, you know, it's, it's pretty wild who, who will jump on a spot now, you know? Indeed it is. And when you make a Super Bowl ad, what is the audience you has, have to aim for? Because now we're talking about north of 110 million people watching these games. Can you tailor that message to a certain audience or does it have to be as wide as possible? Well, I mean, let's be honest. You tailor it to the New England Patriot fan. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I mean, just let's play the odds. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, 
it's interesting. Um, yeah, it is so much wider than the football audience. It, that's changed, right? The halftime shows, I think, have continually ratcheted up to increase the core audience to there's like two sets of viewers even potentially I've been in games, you know, where people don't watch anything until the halftime and then, and then they're all sudden everyone's running them on, you know, to TV. But, um, it, so you have, it, to me, it just has to hit sort of a general, it's like a pop song, you know, it's like, you've got to hit that middle sweet spot that everyone sort of identifies with, you know, like using this spot we did this year, like there was, you know, honestly, like, you know, once uh, Gronk didn't come out of retirement, I don't, I, and that was before we were doing the spot, like we didn't sit there and go, oh, the Patriots are going to be there in the end. It did nothing to do with that. That was just a smart idea, a smart that we knew could play, you know, in theory against a wide audience, you know. Um, I mean, in the end, you've got to win over a Raven fan, and that's not easy um, to do that uh, with with a spot uh, if, you, if it's a Patriot or not Patriot, but Boston-based theme. So, but it does it because I think it's it's general, it's just fun. I mean, it's just a fun spot that sort of pokes fun at, an, you know, our notorious accent that literally anyone and anywhere in the world, you know, whether it's in the UK or wherever, someone says, you're from Boston, the first thing they say is, pot the car, have the yard. Literally, you can't run into anyone who doesn't do that to you. You're like, yeah, 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 mate. So it's like if you go to England, yeah, yeah, mate, you know, what are you going to do that? You know, like they're like, you know, the English, like the same thing. Oh, it's smashing. Like, what, what do we come up with? Like, we know like three words, you know, or California, you know, you have a certain way. But Boston is so distinctive. You couldn't really pick any other accent that no one has a catchphrase, you know, quicker than asking you to do that. You know, the whole park the car, you know. Of course, I, I lived in Boston seven years and I can't remember more than one or two people that actually speak that way. I, I'm sure a lot of people these days have similar experiences. So um, you mentioned celebrities. Animals have become quintessential to Super Bowl ads. What do you makes a great Super Bowl ad? It, it depends on year. It's, it's a year to year thing. Um, I think you got to hit just the right note of sort of pop culture. I mean, like last year, actually, for me personally, I did a more serious piece for Microsoft, um, which was unusual for me. Usually you go into comedy, but it just seemed like that, we were sort of in that cycle um, and it just seemed right. So you, you, you just feel where's, you know, right there, right now, I think, you know, personally, I think America needs to laugh a little bit. And in terms of the Super Bowl, it's just been such a heavy, heavy, heavy time um, that uh, I think humor will play well. And as far as the spots, your jokes have to be sort of, you know, mindful of, you know, honestly, political correctness is, is certainly you have to be mindful of all the sort of stuff that's going on in society right now, because there, there are spots that you look at, like, from four years ago and you're like, I can't believe that was even on the game, you know? And now here we are today because things have shifted, you know, the, the people's perception of, of things and all sort of impacted our, you know, we're so just sensitive to certain things. So you just have to be mindful of that and then somehow come up with a core idea that just hasn't been played out over and over again. Um, you know, it, it, it just, it, if you look at the, like the Alexa stuff, you know, last year uh, that was done and, and uh, or even two years ago, it was like, like that topped into something that people could relate to and, and uh, you know, uh, and did it in a sort of humorous way, way, 
people appreciated that and it scored, you know, two years ago it was number one, last year was number two in the poll. So, um, so it, it just really, it, it depends on that. You can't, and you certainly can't sit back unless, you know, the Clydesdales seem to be the only thing that can kind of go back. Like there's a familiarity to those things. You're like, oh, the Clydesdales, like everything's good. America's still in good shape. You know, like we're still, and there's like a comfort level to the Clydesdale. It's really interesting in advertising, right? So, um, but everybody else can't really play that card. You know, they have to try to find something. Uh, and you mentioned the divisive political environment in which uh, we reside, and people turn to the Super Bowl as an escape from all of that. And certainly, the Super Bowl has never really been inundated with political ads, in particular because of the cost. This year is a bit different. Donald Trump and Michael Bloomberg have $10 million ad buys in the Super Bowl. How does that change the commercial, uh, the commercial environment? And would you want to be, as an advertiser, anywhere near either of those two ads? Um, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be fearful because, you know, generally speaking, political advertising is pretty innocuous. <laughs> like, I don't see, uh, I don't know what work they're doing for the game. Um, but I would not imagine that they're going to go and push the envelope and offend a bunch of people or create a, a spot that's going to create too much of a stir, you know, more than a tweet probably does on any given day. Um, I think, I think that it's interesting because I went back and looked at, uh, there was a, you know, the famous sort of benchmark political ad, uh, didn't, I don't believe it ran on the Super Bowl. I don't believe it might. I don't think it did, but it might've was Ronald Reagan sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, wake up in America spot, um, which I don't know if you've seen recently but it's it's interesting because it's it's still really good like you're like oh wow if anybody ran that spot today and slammed their name on there they would be in pretty good shape and it's not it it was just like one of these spots that was uh you know you know whether you're a republican or democrat you just have to say that's a good piece of work um the i think that you know as far as uh, this year, I don't expect those spots to really make much noise, to be honest with you. I think there'll be the moment of like whatever, and then they're going to move up, most likely. Um, so I just don't see that. The I don't see the Super, Super Bowl being the place that you really – maybe they will attempt to make the knockout punch, or are they just trying to tell America that they're there? You know, that's the question. Um, so Yeah, that, I, that Reagan ad – is iconic. It's morning in America. I have seen it. I can't think of a more successful political ad we've ever seen. Time to, talking to Brian Buckley, the king of the Super Bowl ad. When it costs more than $5 million for a 30-second ad, how do you balance the desire for buzz? And you mentioned it. You can win the ad meter. Like, at the end of the day, you can be number one, number two, number three. How do you balance the desire for buzz versus improving a company's bottom line. What's the most successful type of ad? You're you're on that game for buzz. You're not, it, it will ultimately increase the bottom line um, without question. Like there's no doubt, pretty much even if you did a lousy spot, you're gonna see some, most likely some sort of bump uh, in your business. But you must generate, you must generate word of mouth you must generate that that it shows you're innovative it shows that you're a player you know like for some of these brands the smaller entrepreneurs that jump on there they they want to be a player uh the bigger brands want to show that they're still innovative and they're doing things that you know 
can can kind of shift their brand perception. It's more about brand than it is about sales to me. You know, you, we've done you know the dot com stuff. I mean, traditionally speaking, the 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 if you're doing a real call to action on the game, there's so many people watching. I've only ha I've had sites crash over and over again. You can't even build the infrastructure in which to handle the amount of traffic that comes through in a and when those spots run. So you almost have to be careful not to do, I've had it where we've had to try to slow down call to action like stuff because it, it ultimately could be de damaging to the brand because suddenly people all reach out and you know go and suddenly can't get through, you know, can't, the thing crash, sites crashes, it's a disaster. So um, it's a bit of a balance, but I think, you know, it, are they still talking about the spot a year later? You know, monster.com, which you know, I did in 1999, still comes up over and over again, literally the other day. I mean, mm -hmm. it's still talked about, it's still relevant to the brand. That's 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's crazy that, that it still, still comes up. So they get a free ad every year, you know, basically, you know, within the news, people talking about it year in and year out, you know? Right. Um, so that's what you want. I think some longevity are arguably out of your spots that you are talking about for years on end and they're being compared in specials. And cause this is, this is the one place where everyone sort of advertising is celebrated today. You know, forget the award shows. This is the award. Show. This is the, this is the moment. Like this is where marketing directors is a game. Day. It literally is game day. Like if it doesn't work and fails, their heads definitely roll. I was, you know, saying that the other day, it's like, it's too much money at stake to, to, you know, to you lose. It's like a head coach. It's like, huh. You know, I yeah. get rid of that guy and replace the general manager. And and I, I look at very much, it, I treat it like a sport. It, it's like, you know, your prep is like sports. You're in the day. You have to do audibles and make changes. And those audibles can happen. You know, I've had a couple of years ago, we had a Tide spot, which was based, it was on um, a stain, a miracle stain. And uh, uh, it was like basically a stain that looked like, I don't know if you remember, it was like this, this uh, Raven fan ends up getting on his shirt. No, I'm sorry, a 49er fan gets on his shirt, uh, a stain that looks like Joe Montana, and uh, and it becomes this huge thing where everyone, you know, it makes the news, it's like this miracle stain, and everyone's visiting the house, visiting the house, and finally at the end of the spot, this raven, he, he gets into the house, and it turns out his wife has washed the shirt. He says, you washed the shirt, you got rid of the stain? He says, yeah, you know, and she turns out she's a raven fan. And, um, and it was done, on you know obviously Super Bowl Sunday Ravens Niners but we sh we shot it in uh, you know a week out from the game I had to shoot every stain every like every quarterback stain it was unbelievable and of course I yeah. foolishly bet on the Patriots so like if I did ten takes it'd be like because the Patriots play the Ravens that year so I'd be like yeah I'm gonna do eight for the Patriots I'll do two takes because the Ravens are never gonna win that game and of course they did so I had this whole spot I'm like oh oh my god like, I'm seeing the score I'm like we only have three takes of the Raven on that one set you know like. I like, you know, figure this, it's never going to be the Ravens. Yeah. And so you know, the Ravens, of course, win this game. And, uh, and, and so it was, it was so funny. And then, and then um, you know, ultimately with that spot, the client looked at it on, we were supposed to be a 30. And then they said, you know, we like it so much, we're going to buy a 60. And that was on a Friday. Now we have to do all the special effects, make all those changes audible, basically. Uh, right up till Saturday, the, we shipped Saturday before the game on Sunday, and because you know the the, the brand uh, Procter Gamble was tied was tied into um, 
uh, the NFL, they were able to go in there to the last second and, and do the edit and change things up. But, you know, so it's like it's like sports, you know, and just right down the last second, you've got to make these calls on things. And uh, it's interesting. It's yeah. fun. You know? The mother of all audibles had to be called by the folks who put together the Mr. Peanut ad and in, in wake of the Kobe Bryant tragic death and the helicopter crash. They have decided to try and rework an entire Super Bowl ad campaign in the last couple of days. Can you imagine what that was like for whoever put that ad together? And how do you have to factor in current events? You always have to. You know, it's it's your worst nightmare. Um, it just happens. You know, and it could be completely random, and especially in this crazy world, right? You know, um, uh, you know, I haven't. I've, I'm trying to think in Super Bowl where we've gotten into, we've never gotten into that kind of trouble on a spot, but I've certainly had that historically on commercials that suddenly, you know, there's some crazy thing, you know, whether it's a shooting that happens and then suddenly it's like, you know, you got to shift everything. And uh, so the Super Bowl, I'm not familiar with the spot that, that is going through that, those issues right now, but, um, but it's, it, you just have to be prepared. Like, you know, you're dealing, you're dealing with celebrity. A celebrity could have something happen to them in the eleventh hour, and suddenly you've got to shift. You know, uh, and because in this world of social media, you know, one bad tweet could suddenly send a whole mess. You know, this interview is probably going to get the spot pulled from. You know, again, all the spots pulled. But you know, you have to be very, very mindful of that, and you know. Whatever the X factors of society are, you have to kind of plan for that, you know. So it's uh, or Indeed. you try, you can, you know. But that disaster mode kicks in. And we're talking to Brian Buckley, who's directed more than fifty, more than sixty Super Bowl ads. Disaster for you at this point, my friend, might be Tom Brady leaving your Patriots. So I'm curious, as a storyteller, how do you see that story end? And and here's your chance. What would you say to Tom to get him to stay in New England? Okay, very simple. I've been saying this on my phones. Okay. Um, and by the way, I just want to point out, I love the Ravens too. I'm very respectful. I don't want them to bomb our spot because of that, but we'll see what happens. Um, so anyway, the, um, the, I would say this. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback in history, uh, made an incredible career. Tom, you can't end your career on a pick six. That, you do not want that to be the final moment of this legendary career can't be it's it, 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 in essence Sanu ironically to me a Falcon has once again saved and come through with the ultimate moment for the Patriots and has given them a chance or to keep Brady now because of that moment I think I think it was intentional to be honest with you but I'm not sure we'll see so the pick six will keep Tom Brady in New England in your estimation you still haven't made your case for Tom coming back like Plead with him. That's it. Send him a message leave. through the camera. He can't leave on a pick six. And you cannot leave on a pick six. You can't you you can't leave on a home game loss, pick six, your final pass as a as a quarterback, as a patriot. That's impossible. That would he's a winner. Is that how you want to end your Patriot career? Head down, pick six. And 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 I know and look, TB twelve. I have a TB twelve more TB twelve stuff than anyone ever known. Went to the facility. It's unbelievable. I'll do Tom. I love your facility. It's amazing. Unbelievable. And you're a winner. And you can't go that way. So that's it. That's it. That's, I don't know you made a pretty good it. case. You made a pretty yeah. good case. Hopefully you get to do a Super Bowl ad with TB12 in the near future. 
but hopefully we see him on the football field for another year or two. Now, you don't just do Super Bowl ads. You are a feature film director, and you have run right now nominated, Oscar-nominated short film. Tell us about that work and what inspired you to take on the challenge. Well, I mean, we're, I feel extremely uh, fortunate uh, in my life. Um, you know, obviously, you, know, you take the pageantry of the Super Bowl, Super Bowl advertising, um, and being part of that, and in the revenue that comes with that. Um, and I think part of what I always want to do is sort of give back um, to, to those, actually, truthfully, even to those advertisers that participate in, and I work with over the course of the year, I'll just put money away to go do something. And uh, in this case, it was the film, film Saria, which uh, is essentially shining light on a very dark situation in Guatemala um, where uh, 41 orphans were killed um, or really massacred two years ago. And there's yet to be any sort of uh, trial uh, that's happened for those who are should be held accountable. And it runs uh, through the officials at the orphanage all the way up through government. And there needs to be some justice. And it's been swept aside and no trials two years later. So I, you know, sat down and, and created a piece of narrative, a short film uh, that that exposes this. And hopefully with any luck, um, the, uh, the, we'll make some noise here. And uh, in the Academy, certainly it's an honor that they, they recognize the film. And hopefully this will lead to some pretty positive change and help some kids out down there. And, and really worldwide that are in, in difficult situations worldwide for things like this, that we won't stand for this kind of thing that happens to these kids who are defenseless. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see you standing on that stage holding an Academy Award. Congratulations to you, my friend, Brian Buckley, the king of the Super Bowl ad, more than 60 Super Bowl commercials to his credit. You'll see a couple of them on Super Bowl Sunday. We can't wait. Brian, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, man. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.